1: Asian markets are trading higher this morning as investors return from a long weekend. Joining me now as we break down all the market action, a familiar voice, Ryan Huang, back from the halls. How are you?
0: Yeah, back from Japan. I am all charged and ready to start again.
1: (laughs) I had a great break and it looks it too. All right, before we dive into corporate news and our top stories of the day, a quick look back at these past two weeks while you've been away, Ryan. The markets have largely gained ground during that time. The Dow Jones and industrial average is up nearly 4% over the past fortnight. The S&P 500 is up more than 3%. The Nasdaq chalked up gains as well. And here in Asia, Hong Kong gained 2%, while the blue chips in Singapore were some of the best performers. The SDI up 2.7%. Ryan, maybe you should go and leave more often.
0: <laughs> Perhaps. I'll go <laughs> next week.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> Joking aside, do you think the market narrative has changed at all since you we last yeah. were behind the mic?
0: I was trying to catch up with you know, what's been playing out in the past two weeks. You know, coming back to the first day of work, it's a pile of emails. So I am still trying to clear them. But based on what I have been able to catch up on, it does not look much has changed. So I'm looking at a couple of things still playing out. The labor market strength that is still up for discussion and how that plays into the FOMC rate meeting that is coming up in the first week of May. So it is still quite a toss-up even though we got a rather mixed picture for the labour market. We'll get into that in just a few moments. The part that stands out for me is the OPEC Plus surprise uh, production cut. I think that was what really stood out for me. It was a surprise for markets and now it adds a new dynamic to the conversation. What will happen with higher oil prices? Will the global economy be in a worse shape as companies and people pay higher prices for oil? And conversely, will the higher oil prices mean that the global economy will be in a worse shape? Or will the flip side happen and maybe things won't be so bad and we can actually absorb these higher prices. So it is a bit of a toss-up when it comes to where oil prices will go in the coming months. There you
1: have it, your Easter egg conundrum for the day. Now if we take a look at some of the economic and business survey numbers, business sentiment is on the decline. Maybe that's not a surprise given the banking crisis that we saw in March. But yes, as you mentioned, uh, I don't want to get into labour markets that appear to be weakening which you would think may be bad news but might actually be good if it leads the U.S. Federal Reserve and other central banks to really hold off the brakes and stop raising interest rates. Let's dive into that. Over the weekend, the U.S. Labor Department repeated that U.S. employers added 236,000 jobs in March. Now, that is slower in February, but still a pretty good pace. The U.S. unemployment rate, meanwhile, ticked up a notch to 3.5%. While these numbers indicate a strong economy, some analysts argue that the U.S. economy is actually cooling down more than it appears. If you look beyond the headline numbers, uh, what's the argument here, Ryan?
0: Yeah, let's look at numbers. So, that's a good overview. So, diving into the details, the latest print was... 236,000. Good news is that it moderates from the February print of 326,000. So it does show some moderation when it comes to the increase at least. And in terms of expectations for that particular month, which was March, it was pretty much in line with forecasts. It is still quite elevated above 200,000. Even though it's not a big shock, it is still showing that the labour market is quite resilient Mm. and if you look at the unemployment rate it is falling to 3.5% a near record low other signs of things cooling annual wages rising at the slowest pace since June 2021. That is nearly two years. So all in, you do have a bit of a mixed picture, perhaps enough for the Fed to just keep things steady, not rock the boat status quo. So another rate hike perhaps to come, 25 basis points. No changes there, but we will be in for more inflation readings, the employment costs readings as well. This is actually the last jobs report before the Fed will have to decide on their policy come first week of May. Of course, we do have also the earnings season that they will have to chew on.
1: Earnings season kicks off this week in the US and banks will be in focus with Citigroup and J.P. Morgan Chase opening their books. Tata Consultancy and Delta Airlines are among the big companies that are reporting as well. Now, Goldman Sachs is warning that this earnings season will be the gloomiest since the pandemic. The general consensus is for earnings per share to drop 7% in the first quarter as compared with a year earlier. So what are a couple of key issues that investors are going to be looking out for for as they pass this quarter's earnings
0: run, yeah, Michelle, talk about gloomy. That drop mm-hmm. of 7% is going to, if it does happen, mark the sharpest decline since the third quarter of 2020. So that is nearly three years. And that is going to mark a low point in what's called a profit cycle, where we are seeing pressure on margins. And as we've seen, you know, things play out for you and me, for businesses. Things are just getting more expensive. Mm-mm. Materials, wages, cost of labour. So all these, things, all these things will just weigh on companies and we will see how much they can pass on to consumers, how much they are going to impact their margins. And if you look at what is likely to play out, three sectors will be in focus. Energy, industrials and consumer discretionary. They are the ones that are likely to report improved margins. But everyone else is likely to see some pressure of, uh, to some extent. So the other factors to watch out for will be how much reference these companies will make to things like artificial intelligence, like chat GPT, how much they might integrate into their future growth plans. And of course, that's always exciting news for investors. They like to hear these exciting potential revenue drivers of what's to come, how much um, they might cut back on future plans. We've heard many companies scaling back on their ambitious growth plans in the past few months, some then laying off people. So we'll see how much more that's going to play out in this earnings season. And also any commentary about the China reopening. Of course, that's been playing out in the past few quarters, but the impact has not really played through yet. So we will get more commentary on when they expect to see the revenue at least come through from that side of things.
1: It's a lot on your radar, Ryan. Now, one note on the geopolitical front that investors will need to keep an eye on as well, uh, and that is rising tensions on the Korean Peninsula. There's a hotline between South Korea and North Korea. Calls normally take place twice a day, but military officials in North Korea have just let the phone ring for the past three days without picking it up. Now, the last time this happened back in 2017, North Korea launched a ballistic missile that flew over Japan. So stay tuned. Hopefully, North Korea will pick up the hotline soon. Let's bring the conversation to Singapore now. I'd like to take a look at companies that are buying back their own shares. This is often seen as a bullish sign that the buying itself can help push up companies' share or that it could be the company thinks its stock is a good purchase at current levels. All right. So in the first quarter of the year, more than 40 listed companies bought back their own shares. But two companies dominated that list in terms of the value of the shares purchased. In fact, these two companies... Purchase more shares in Singapore, in Singapore dollar terms, than the other 38 companies combined. So who are they?
0: Yeah, so I am looking at OCBC and Semcorp Industries. So OCBC buying back nearly $40 million worth. And you have Semcorp Industries buying over $25 million. So let's look at OCBC. Average price that they bought back the shares was at 12 seventy nine or rather that is the price right now for OCBC. They bought it at an average price of twelve fifty in the first quarter. And this is actually part of his ongoing mandate to buy back shares. So this goes into things like his employer or Employee Share Ownership Program, some of the perks they get is being paid in shares. So that's one of the rewards that they are you know, building into their war chest. So that is also part of the capital management strategy that they have. So it's ongoing initiatives that are just uh, being executed in that sense. If they at SEMCOP Industries, they bought back over 6.4 million shares at an average price of three ninety nine. million. The current share price of Sandpop Industries is 437. So looking at the deal, uh, we are seeing Sand industries looking at um, maintaining the share-based incentive plans mm-hmm. that they believe will help to align the interests of their share market participants as well as shareholders. So this, they say, will help to improve the performance and achieve sustainable growth for the company.
1: All right, let's zoom in on Semcorp Industries just a wee bit more. Semcorp Industries paid an average price of a little less than $4 per share. The stock share price is now trading well above that at $4.38. Uh, Semcorp Industries share price is up nearly 30% over the past three months and more than 50% over the past year. So what are analysts saying about this? I mean, does the utility giant have more room to run? Yeah, it does look quite good
0: when you look at the share price hitting a five-year high. And this is, as we see, improved numbers. So if you look at what's been playing out in terms of numbers, we are looking at a bit of an impressive run. So if you look at the 2022 results, net profit more than tripled year-on-year to $848 million. Free cash flow, also topped $1 billion in 2022. That's up from $929 million in the prior year. Total dividend for last year came up to 12 cents and that is inclusive of a 4-cent special dividend. So that's more than double what was paid out a year ago. So all in, dividends are up, net profit is up and then if you look at the plan going forward, they have a wider plan to make its renewables portfolio a bigger share of contribution. So the target here is to hit 70% contribution by 2025. Going by the latest indications, it's right now 27% at a KG of 35%. So it's on track to reach its target by 2025. So all in, if you believe in the Sanko industry, it does... Make a strong argument that there is more upside ahead
1: Alright, let's turn to the other big first quarter buy I'm talking about OCBC Now the first quarter of the year Definitely a tough time For many banks, OCBC has managed to hang steady, though. Its shares gained ground during that time that the bank was buying back stock. Its share price is up 1.5% over the past month with 4.5% since the beginning of the year. OCBC has become the first local bank to step into the metaverse, by the way. It's offering a virtual banking experience. What do we know about that?
0: Yeah, it's... I would say interesting because if you try to imagine it, you are trying to make an experience of what is um, basically a virtual world for someone who might want to do banking. So what is going to be in front of you is a virtual banking lobby, a heritage museum, and then you have some games you can play along the way. So you're basically going through a website, And this will take you through various features. Mm. So it's almost like a amped up website right now. Um, Of course, more features along the way. And I think the question here that they are trying to figure out, as well as many other companies, is how to make the metaverse an experience that people want to go back to, you know, more than what a website can offer you. Because if you look at it right now, it does not give you anything Different per se that the usual channels don't offer you right now besides maybe an avatar that might be quite fun to play with. It just makes it more gamified in that sense. But in terms of functionality, you don't have that breakthrough yet. So I think that's going to be interesting to watch how the metaverse experience evolves. So if you think back to the early days of the websites that everyone was trying to launch, Mm. it was really basic, right? You just have the basic um menus, what it might bring to the about us page. But then of course things have evolved so much that it can it can become a very engaging experience. I think this is where the metaverse needs to go to or to grow up to.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, for now, it's one thing to step into the metaverse, but the big question that needs to be answered is how is this experience of the metaverse going to be relevant to a banking client? I mean, when you think about the metaverse, you think about things like interacting with other users. You think about also being able to use digital currencies to be able to purchase land, maybe, or uh, in exchange of services. So how is this going to be relevant to the digital banking experience, I think it's going to be a question that we all look for. All right, time for corporate news and our daily game of up or down. Have you got your jeans on? (laughs) Levi Strauss. I do, and
0: they are (laughs) not Levi's. (laughs) (laughs) So that's bad news for them as they (laughs) warn of margin declines this year. So it's a down for Levi's for me. And this as we see the costs of Promotions as well as expenses weigh on Levi's straws. I think it's what we alluded to when we talked about earnings season coming up. Mm. It is going to be pressure on margins. And here's Levi's warning of these pressures.
1: Flashing red. So Levi is offered more sales promotions than normal during its last financial quarter. I'm wondering why then I didn't take advantage of that and buy a couple of pairs of jeans. Uh, But the discounts you see took a big bite out of Levi's profit margin. So investors sold off on the news and Levi's shares suffered their biggest drop on record. Uh, that was on Thursday, falling 16%. Next, let's look at Samsung.
0: I'm afraid it's also a down for Samsung. So this is around the news that Samsung Electronics is going to make a meaningful cut to chip production after flagging a worse-than-expected plunge in quarterly operating profits. So, reflective of the slump in the electronics industry as well as the wider wider global markets.
1: Yeah, well said. Uh, Samsung is posting its worst profits in more than a decade. The Korean chipmaker planning to cut production to boost prices. Don't really like the sound of that, but investors do. Samsung shares are up nearly 10% over the past month and they are trading higher again this morning. Next up, let's look at a locally listed company, the palm oil producer Bumitara Agri.
0: Yeah, this is actually an up. So some hmm. good news for Bumitara Agri shareholders. So we could be in for a better year ahead. So Bumitara Agri is looking at higher palm oil prices this year. So, that is going to be good news and maybe it could mean a better dividend as well.
1: Yeah, Bumitara Agri forecasting higher palm oil prices for the year ahead. It is also paying out record dividends. So, that's definitely an up for Bumi P- Putre Bumitara Agri in my book. <laughs> All the boomy words are just pouring out of my mouth. All right, let's look at Dogecoin.
0: All right, Dogecoin is down it really depends on which day you're asking so it's down today and this is after twitter dropped the doge MIM from its home button so people like to read into these things and believe that hey it's not going to be in favor no it's just a hurt mentality right now when it comes mm. to crypto that's so why it's down for me because people are reading to it in the negative light
1: I think people are reading to it in a very logical light because what goes up must come down. I'm sure you saw this coming, right? So Twitter changed the image on its home button back to a bird, of course. And last week, after Elon Musk's company switched the bird to a Shiba Inu, Dogecoin's value jumped. Well, it's now down 18% over the past week, in fact, dropping from more than 10 US cents per coin to 8.3 cents. All right, let's check in on local markets now. The Straits Times Index tested support at the 3300 level on thursday and while that support held the sti still finished the day in negative territory it closed down more than half a percent to finish a tad above 3300 now over the past week gunting singapore has uh, been by far in a way the best performer among the blue chips it is up eight percent over the past five trading sessions all right but before i let you go are you a super mario's fan right A big fan.
0: In fact, I caught the movie over the weekend. You
1: did. All right. Well, you and a lot of others, what did you think of the movie?
0: It was five upon five for me. If you're a fan of Super Mario, I think it's one of those. Things that will trigger a lot of memories for you.
1: Yeah, apparently, the best performing family film in a long time grossed nearly 380 million US dollars during its first weekend. So, by far and away, uh, number one on the weekend charts. Absolutely fantastic. So, was it, uh, you know, really family pleasing as in did your little one like it as much as mom and dad? Yeah, it had something for
0: everyone. So, <laughs> you've got multiple layers in this story that was cleverly crafted. And I think it speaks to you as that kid inside, right? Growing up, many people would be familiar with Super Mario and then you see it live on screen. It's (laughs) quite magical. And I think for many of these kids, they get to relive some of these memories alongside their parents so it's a money-making strategy just milk the parents
1: why not I feel like bumping a block with my head now (laughs) and waiting for a mushroom to sprout out of it Um, for those of you who are wondering which film came in second this Easter weekend behind Super Mario Brothers it was a photo finish between three films John Wick chapter 4 which I caught uh, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves and the new Amazon film Air about Michael Jordan they each gross about four Million. Uh This would seem to validate Amazon's strategy of releasing air in theaters before showing it on its video streaming service. And for those of you uh, who like John Wick uh, and you're wondering, so what did I think of it? I thought it was really thin on story. <laughs> if you like one long fight scene after another long fight scene, then this is the movie for you. You
0: know what you need, Michelle? Super Mario versus John Wick. <laughs>
1: Throw in a couple of mushrooms in the uh, in King Kong. Why not? Thanks very much. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. This is Market View.
0: Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.
1: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.